Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the RFP podcast, episode number 191, Relentless Forward Progress. I'm your host, Mike Ubaldini. Joined today with Brian Holt. Brian, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties. No problem. I got a call in on my other line, so but no worries. That's what happens when you're on a low budget here. Uh, so how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about you? Doing, doing well, doing well. So just for the audience here, this is the first time we've talked probably in about four, five, five or six years when you, when you graciously sponsored the, the foundation that I had started back then. Um, so we're just going to catch up for a little while, but then I want to you know, get into the topic that we had discussed and fortunate to talk about today. So things are well in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Things have been uh, going pretty well here. You know, I'm relocated for, uh, for a new job. That's going well. And it's a pretty nice area. Met some good people. So I've uh, enjoyed it so far. Now, that's been a couple of years, though, since you moved out there, right? Yeah, just over three years now. Okay. And what part are you at? Um, just outside Grand Rapids. So okay. West Michigan. Okay, very cool. And the job's going well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can't complain. Now, you have a son, right? I do. Yep, Brandon. He's uh, Actually, I'm heading back to Pennsylvania this week because he's turning 19. Oh, boy. Oh boy. Can you believe so, that? Yeah, yeah, because I got a 16-year-old, soon to be 17, and a 14-year-old. So, yeah, I could believe it. <laughs> uh, now, did he graduate? Yep, he's done. So, he's taken... Uh, Taking a year off before he goes to school, which I was fully supportive of because, uh, you know, I, I don't want to end up in the position where he picks something that he doesn't really like. And then I paid a lot of money for no reason. <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. Well, I could get that. So where is he? Is he living back in the same area like uh, Schmokin, that type of area there? Yeah. Outside of uh, like the Sunbury area. So that's where I worked uh, right before I moved out here. Right. OK, cool. Well, listen, man, I really appreciate you coming on board and chatting. I know when I first reached out to you, when this was all going down, you were kind of hesitant um, and certainly understandable. And you had said to me in, in the text that you weren't typically an oversharer on topics like this. And so yeah. I guess my first question was what, what kind of made you make a shift or, you know, want to jump on this? Well, you know, to be honest with you, it's like uh, in my lifetime anyway, I feel like, we're at a point where I've never seen it really this bad, to be honest with you. And, I, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm phrasing it as this bad just because, uh, you know, when you go on social media and stuff and it's like this constant back and forth, it's like there is no middle ground anymore. You're either hard line right or hard line left and there's no compromise to be had. So um, and for some reason, we've pulled every every issue is now a political issue. It's no no longer, you know just humanity issues. It's, it's either Republican or Democrat, regardless of what you're talking about. And I just think it's uh, an interesting time to say the least. Well, I, that's, that's very well put Brian. And, and the one, the one thing I, I, I read, cause what prompted me to reach out to you is that original post from back in like May um, when, when things kind of the, the whole social tension, the whole, the, the racial issues came up. Right. Mm -hmm. And you had indicated in that post, you know, you, you want, you want us all to be a peaceful part of the change. And you also said society, you want a society we should all be proud of. And I couldn't agree more, more with you on both of those topics. Plus what you just said too, because, you know, what I've seen is the same thing you've seen. It's just, it's anger, right? It's, right. it's anger and it's just, we're so divided. 
And in some in some situations, rightfully so, right? But right. you know, when when you start talking about being the peaceful part of change and, and and the society we should be proud of, I want you to talk about that a little bit. But before we kind of go into there, I want to talk about like your story and you know, because you're you're African American, right? So, yeah. and I wanted to get your perspective not only now, right, and and what we're what we're experiencing in today's world and in our culture and specifically in America, but growing up, right. And really into, you know, with your son, uh, you know, I had a conversation with one of my partners that I work with probably about two months ago. Uh, we talk usually every day and, and all this stuff hit, hit the fan. And I reached out and said, Hey, listen, how you doing? And his boys, actually his youngest is the, the, the same age as Brandon. He's 19, but he's got two older ones. And, he was talking to me, he's African-American too. And he was talking to me about, you know, when they were growing up, some of the messages he had to explain his wife and he had to explain to them considering, you know, everything that's going on in the world. Now, you know, I, I, I didn't experience it that obviously. Right. Mm -hmm. But you did, I'm, I'm assuming you did. And I think you did school too, but I wanted to get your perspective on one you know, the, your parents' messages to you growing up, you know, some of the things you experienced, you know, as a kid and as an adult and now as a parent, you know, what are some of the things you're having to educate or, or talk to Brandon about in the world that we live in? Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's really, really interesting. I mean, I'll start with, uh, like, some of your early questions. So, yeah, I, um, I'm African-American, but really I'm mixed race, right? Because my parents, my father's black, my mother's white. So, um, so I grew up kind of, uh, I'm going to say in between worlds, right? You know, I wasn't, uh, if you're, if, if you're associating with, with people that are African-American, I wasn't quite African-American to them. If I'm associating with people that are, you know, Caucasian, I'm not quite Caucasian to them. So I'm kind of in the middle somewhere and kind of playing, you know, that in between, like trying to figure it out space. Right. So, so growing up was weird at times you know it could be weird depending on who I was with and stuff just because some people are a lot more sensitive to race than others so so it was definitely different you know and uh um with my son uh, he's uh his mother is white so you know he's he still experiences it though because he's not you know you can tell by looking at him that he has ethnicity to him maybe it's not quite as obvious as like myself or definitely not as like my father right but uh um, you know, the conversations with the interesting thing is with my dad, he never really, he never really had conversations about it with me. He kind of just let me figure it out, you know, and if I, if I had questions, he would answer them, but he never just offered up, you know, any advice or thoughts or, or opinions. Right. So I sat and talked to him sometimes and I'd ask him some questions and what were things like when he was growing up and he still remembers, you know, um, the tail end as a kid of, you know, segregation and all that kind of stuff. And he, you know, he saw things that I can only imagine, you know, at this point in time, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine some of the things that he went through and saw. So, and then, you know, like my childhood compared to my son's, I'm sure very different, but not as far apart as like, you know, my father to me, right. I think the change from my childhood to, to my son's is probably not quite as drastic as it was from my father's to mine. So, so, um, you know, he was good about answering questions when I had them, but generally speaking, he kind of let me figure it out. I didn't know. I think I put in that post, which, which I'll be very honest and say, I ended up deleting like a month later because it was just, I, you know, it was just constant. Like every time I did go on Facebook, there was some kind of comment there, some kind of, you know, question being sent to me. And I was just like, you know, 
like I said, I'm not typically an oversharer, but for some reason in that moment, I just felt like, you know, with everything going on, I think it would be good for me to tell people what I think. And that's normally, normally I don't get into that for about race. It's just, you know, I, I like to just, you know, if I am friends with a person, I'm friends with a person. I don't care what, you know, color, race, creed, religion, any of that stuff. So, so I try not to even get into it, but at a certain point, you know, like the way things have been going, it's almost like, you know, silence is is being perceived as like you agreeing with the problems or you not wanting to participate in the approve you know improvement of the situation to an extent so i finally just felt like you know what i'm just going to share my opinions and my thoughts and and that's basically it i don't i don't buy into you know this need for violence but at the same time like uh well i'm kind of i'm getting off the path a little bit of your that's initial right. question but no that's all right man go go that's what they're here for dude that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, the uh, so I, I don't buy into like you know the whole Black Lives Movement organization. I think you know there's a lot. There's not very much credibility there to me from an organizational standpoint. I just don't know that they're truly there for improvement. I think there's a lot of people involved with that group that are there for themselves or to create their own issues. So, but what I do buy into is is the idea of peaceful protest for significant change, and that's why you know it's, it's so frustrating for me to to go onto Facebook. I've started honestly unfriending some people just because it's not worth it. It's not worth it for me to be upset every time I go on and look at a Facebook feed. Right. You know, so, you know, the, the people that like to call out the fact that, um, you know, they're, they're totally anti-violence and then they talk about how they're also anti the athletes peaceful protest because it's disrespecting the flag, even though I think it's been explained a million times what their protest is about during the anthem. It's not about the flag. It's not about the military. It's about using their platform to, you know, promote change, especially within um, the way the police forces currently in the United States are, are run. So, you know, I, I get it to an extent. If you don't like it, if it's not your thing, hey, I'm not going to tell you that it should be. But at the same time, like, you know, you can't just be against everything. You can't say peaceful protests are all right, but I don't like that peaceful protest because the, right. the whole reason we have the freedoms we have based on our military and based on our history is because you're supposed to be able to say whatever you want in this country without persecution. Not everybody has to agree with you, but, you know, to say that they shouldn't be allowed to do it is, you know, completely anti what America is supposed to stand for. Well, th there's a good point there, too. Right, Brian, because and this is going to your your comment before when we started opening up that it seems as of lately. And I'm not saying within the last couple of months, I'm saying in the last few years. Right. Uh, and you touched on a couple of things. Right. First of all, you look on Facebook and. And I, I will tell you, I see it within our circles, like me and you, the people that we are friends with. Yep. I see it in that circuit, circle where, I mean, people that have known each other for 20, 30, 40 years are just pissed off at each other going back and forth. And it, it, it's around politics, right? Right. Or it's politically driven. But my point is going, going back to, um, you know, that, that, that point where the freedom of speech where it, it seems like in the last few years, up until that point, you could you could say something like you could say something to me and I would disagree with it, but I wouldn't hate you for it. I would right. still love you for it. And it may start a little bit of a debate, but you know, we crack a beer and everything would be fine. But mm -hmm. it seems that we're at a point now where I say something, you disagree with me or vice versa. Now we have to be mortal enemies. And <laughs> I don't know where that came from. And you, yeah, sure. You, we could be divided from it comes from a political standpoint, but I don't understand where that hatred came from for each other. 
Right. No, I, I agree completely. I think it's it's like either I state a, an opinion of mine and you agree with me and we're great or you disagree with me and we can never speak again. But there's no like no sense of being able to meet in the middle ground anymore. There's no compromise to be had on anything at this point. And do you think that's just because we ha- who, who we have in office right now? Uh, you know, I've had some really good discussions with friends who like I have friends that I, you know, from a political standpoint, I'll, I'll tell you that I, I am a slightly left of middle type person. That's where I kind of fall on the spectrum. I'm not, definitely not far left. I'm definitely not far right. I'm probably slightly left of middle. And uh, I have friends, you know, as I'm sure you do, that are that are pretty staunch Republicans. And, you know, they completely buy into our current president. And they think, you know, from a policy standpoint, they think he's great. And I think my issue is less, you know, policy, it's more so the person that becomes Mm. the problem for me. It's, you know, like the policy and stuff, you know, do I agree necessarily with all of this, uh, you know, bring manufacturing back to the U.S. and all those things being the right thing to do? I'm not so sure, you know, that that's really what we want to drive our country forward on. I don't think coal is the the resource (laughs) we should be diving into in 2020. But but the, the person is where I have an issue. It's like, you know, I mean, the guy came into office and I know this is going to fire a lot of people up, but he came into (laughs) office, you know, like, uh, uh, basically like running on a campaign of, I'm going to build a wall and I'm going to segregate, you know, all these people from other countries. And, you know, he's like, you know, bad mouthing women, bad mouthing any like primarily black countries. I mean, I mean, he's, he's basically just built this facade of like hatred of anybody that is not him (laughs) at this point. It's like, you know, I, I just don't get how you, even if you love the policy, I don't get how you separate the person from it at this point. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, you know, and <laughs> I'm, 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 this is going to come out weird, but I'm nothing. You know, I don't consider myself Democratic, Republican. I, I, I don't even consider myself an independent. Um, I sort of go with, like you said, the person. Um, I had a conversation with uh, a friend of mine out here. Our daughters are on the soccer team and he's, he's Mexican. He's from Mexico and mm-hmm. his, his parents immigrated here and they got, a, they got stores here. And he, he said, you know, I, he sort of something toward, towards your effect, but I think he was more on the line that he agreed with many of his policies or, or a good portion of his policies. But mm-hmm. then he goes, it's the same thing. He said, from a human, from a human being perspective, I just can't get on board and I am kind of in the same boat, but then I look at the option, yeah, the other option. Yeah. And I'm like, and you, Hey, Joe Biden grew up in Scranton, man. He's a Scranton boy, just like me. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, you know, and, and I, I don't get it, but here's, here's my point here. Me and you are having a conversation about this. Right. We're having a conversation about this. We're not pissing each other off about it. And I don't understand where we've lost that. And you touched on something really, really, important about our society and a society we should be proud of and a culture that we should be proud of. Listen, man, we're all human beings, black, white, yellow, green, big, small, whatever the case may be. We, we've, we've lost that empathy and compassion and love for each other. And maybe not completely, but you know, it's a big concern, especially being a parent and having kids. And, you know, what are we supposed to be telling them about this? It's hard. Right. It is. It is very hard because it's like, you know, I, I mean, and for me, it's, it, you know, I don't want anybody to take it like all I'm worried about is, you know, what's happening for, for the black population because that's not it at all. It's right. like, you know, 
look at look at what happened the other day. I think what was it, L.A., where the two officers were, you know, yeah. shot just randomly shot, and then you know the the crowd outside's trying to prevent the access to the hospital, chanting about they should die. I mean, that's ridiculous. These are just two random people that were you know shot on the side of the street. It's not like they had done something. It's not like they were terrible people, at least not to my knowledge. And and now all of a sudden, it's like, you know, just because of their job, which generally speaking, most people when they're in trouble are going to be very happy to have them around. Uh, now it's like we, we don't think they even deserve to live. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous how far it's come. It's, it's sad, to be honest, you know. I mean, it's I've, like whenever I've traveled abroad, which I haven't had a chance to do it a ton, but I've always found it interesting to hear what people that don't live in, in the United States opinion of the United States is. And and I can always what I could tell you is if you look back years ago, it was always there was always like a reverence to it. Now, I don't think that reverence exists anymore. I think there's some serious uh, dysfunction happening here that the world is, you know, kind of watching from the sidelines, just like in awe, you know, like how how is this happening? How is this that it is? Yeah. How do we get here? And that's, you know, I, I've. I've written about this and I've had a couple of podcasts myself about it is that we've lost our way in some way, shape or form. We as a community, we as a society lost our way, the American population. And I don't know, I don't know where that happened. I don't know where it happened and I don't know how it happened. And, you know, I'm not smart enough to figure it out, but what I'm trying to do is, and this is really the reason I had you on and why I created this forum is what can we do? What can we collectively do as a society in order to, like you said, create something that we could be proud of. How right. could we, how could we change this? You touched on, you know, some of the athletes, you know, they definitely have that platform. Um, and I don't know if you were watching ESPN the one night, you remember Doug Glanville, former Philly? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. So he was on talking about, you know, he was, he was asked, how do we, how do we make this change from a, from the black community? How, how can we make this change? And he says, listen, it's, what what the athletes did it was just when you know the NBA um, boycotted for two days and NFL and then or not the NFL the Major League Baseball they all took like a couple days off and I thought that was I thought that was great I really thought it was sending a message but it was for two days and Doug Landville was talking about how what he does he goes back into his community and he's educating he's educating the kids and he's talking to the kids and I don't think that necessarily just should be done from a from a, a black community perspective. That should be done in every perspective. That's what we need to be doing as adults, as parents, is really educating these next generations. And I don't think we do enough enough of it and of of what we're doing with it. I don't know how effective we're doing. Right. Being. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think, you know, that's, you know, it, it's kind of sad. I would be willing to bet a lot of kids are learning about what's going on right now by doing stuff like reading, you know, stuff on Facebook and yep. stuff like that, which is not way where you want them to be learning about how this should be because i mean to get i want to get there's one point you made that i didn't want to miss out on which is you talked about you know maybe you're not a huge fan of the person currently in office but you're not excited about the other option i couldn't agree with you more i think it's it's um it's almost terrifying to me that the Mm. best that we could do (laughs) are the two people that we're going to have to choose from it's you know it's like it's like even even the race four years ago i mean you ended up where a lot of people were voting based on the one that was less of a turnoff to them morally or from a sensibility standpoint or a policy standpoint than it was about people really being 
um, fired up about them as an individual, right? It was like, oh, okay, I'm going to pick the lesser of two evils here type of thing. And I think we just put ourselves back in that spot. Nothing against Joe Biden, but, uh, you know, he isn't exactly what you would hope for. I mean, it's not JFK standing up there. Let's put it that sure, way. Sure, right. So, so, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So just a very interesting point that you brought up there that I couldn't agree with more. But uh, but the education piece, I agree with you. I think, you know, spot on. It should be, you know, up to the, the communities and the parents to, to make sure that we're teaching our kids to be better than we have been. Because I would say that we have uh, recently in a lot of ways at, at just having a society that hopefully all of us participate in and, and feel comfortable with and, and are proud of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So from 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 a parenting perspective with, with, with your son, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, cause you had talked about your, your dad kind of let you figure it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now was that something you carry through with, with Brandon and you, you kind of let him figure it out or what was kind of your role in, I guess, guiding him? Yeah. Well, I, I would like to think, um, I tried to be a little more upfront with him. Like as he got old enough to kind of understand what I was talking about, just to say that like, look, you know, um, you know, once the, once he got to an age where like, uh, kids realize that you're not the same, that's when you start getting like, you know, a little bit of not bad, but a little bit of like, you know, the, the, you know, Hey, this kid said this to me, or this kid called me that or whatever, nothing terrible, but just little stuff here and there. And, uh, and that's where, you know, I finally just had to sit down with him and have that conversation about, look, you know, you are different than a lot of the kids you go to school with. You go to a primarily, um, Caucasian school, you're not, hundred percent Caucasian. So yeah, you are going to be different from those kids. Yes. There are going to be times in your life that you feel like you were treated differently or poorly because of it, because it's just a fact of life that it happens. Right. So, so I tried to, you know, prepare him as best I could for that, but also tell him that just because you're different doesn't mean that you should have to put up with it either. There's a right way and a wrong way to respond. So if I were you, I would be, uh, be all for responding in the right way. It's not just, uh, you know, it's not just, uh, you get upset and you, you know, rights and stuff. It's that you need to carry yourself with pride, you know, and and mm. uh, and make sure that you understand the fact that uh, your differences aren't negatives. Your differences are just what makes you unique, right? So, well, that's awesome, man. Now, did that? Did he? Was there situations? And this is going to you too. Was there situations that he and you? Listen, they're all situations, right? And I don't want to. I don't want to limit the impact it could have on somebody, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. on, on, on anybody, not just because you're black or I'm white or whatever, because we all deal with shit in some way, shape or form. But yeah. you, I mean, l- listen, I, I'm going to be transparent with you and be honest with you. Like you said, you and Brandon grew up looking, quote unquote, looking different with what comes with what there's something that comes with that. Right. I mean, look at today, you know, look at today, everything that's going on with with social injustice. Right. You right. know, with you get. Listen, Brian, you get pulled over by a cop, right? Yep. I mean, it's going to be your your anxiety, I would think, is going to be much different than my anxiety, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It is. So, it is. And so I guess were there situations that he had to deal with in that? In, were there experiences that he dealt with and that you dealt with? And if so, kind of what what was the what was the outcome of it as far as because you hit the nail on the head you said hey listen there's a right way to respond to it and a wrong way to respond to it and knowing you even though we've been apart for you know 10 15 years i have a belief that most of the times you dealt with it the right way and you educated brandon to deal with it the right way but were there experiences that you guys had to deal with yeah oh absolutely i mean i think uh 
you know, little stuff as, as little kids and stuff, you know, I know like, you know, Brandon came home a couple of times, like, Oh, the kids, you know, they, they made fun of my hair. They said, I look weird. You know um, I don't know that, uh, you know, he got a lot of name calling. I mean, I definitely didn't get a lot, but there was definitely some when I was, you know, a kid in elementary, junior high, even high school. And, uh, you know, the thing I, I probably noticed the most was not so much like the kid that was, um, that was giving me a hard time. It wasn't the, the guy that, uh, that called me a nigger in high school. It was my friends who were there, or at least the people I thought were my friends that had nothing to say about it. <laughs> mm. that, that was the stuff that I really learned by, you know, it was like, of course I'm going to say something, I'm going to defend myself, but, but it's kind of, you know, it, if you really believe somebody's your friend and they see this happening and they have zero to say about it, I think that tells you a lot about how good of a friend they are. Right. Yeah. So, so just making sure you're aligning yourself with the right people. I mean, no matter what you do, I could walk outside right now and walk around my neighborhood. And I'm sure there's somebody that's not going to like me just because of who I am. But, uh, but I like to think that's the minority, not the majority. So, you know, I don't want to judge anybody if, if they're not judging me. So I let it go. But, uh, but I will tell you, you know, I think, um, I think he's, he's done very well with it. I, I think he's pretty well adjusted kid. And I think he probably, you know, got uh, a little bit of a leg up just by having, some of those conversations earlier than I did, you know, when I, when I did get older and talk to my dad, obviously he shared everything he want, you know, I could have wanted more, but, uh, but it was the kind of thing I probably would have appreciated hearing a little bit more about when I was younger. And even, even just stuff like you mentioned about being pulled over by the police. Fortunately, I haven't been pulled over a lot in my life, but I could tell you in the times that I have, it's definitely been, you know, a little bit of like the heart pounding type of feeling. Cause you just never know who it is that's going to be walking up to, to your car window or whatever it is. Right. So, um, I mean, there's been plenty of instances of it in the news lately that, you know, I don't need to, to recount, but, uh, but it's very clear that it still happens even today, you know, where people are profiled for no reason oh, other, yeah. than, other than how they look or their race or whatever. So, uh, which is unfortunate, but you know, what, the thing, the thing that maybe I don't want to say bothers me as much, cause I don't think it'd be possible to bother me as much, but like we were talking about the athletes earlier and the thing that bothers me is, um, I think that they support too many of what I'll call like false idols. So, um, I'll give you I'll give you one example. So so like Jacob Blake, right? So yes, do I think that was excessive that the, he the, that he was shot in the back like six seven times? Yes, I think that was excessive. Do I think that he brought upon himself the fact that the police felt like they needed to defend themselves? Yes. Do I think the police are so poorly trained that it was almost ridiculous that they could not um, subdue the man after several minutes of of a confrontation before he walked over to his car? I do. I think that's almost as big of a problem, but, uh, but the fact is the guy's not a good guy. He's not the person that you want to make the face of this movement. And it's sad that, you know, um, people have grasped on to pretty much anybody that they feel like has been wronged at this point, because some are much more deserving than others of that support. So, so it's, uh, interesting, you know, the way that this is kind of unfolding. Well, I mean, that's very well said and it's, it's, there's so much work that we have to do on so many different levels and angles. Um, because I mean, the way I'm looking at things, there's a lot of wrong going on and there's a lot of opportunity though. There's a lot of opportunity for growth and improvement. Um, I just, my, my challenge, you know, and you, you use the word terrified with, with regards to this election coming up. I don't know if I'm terrified, Brian, it's, but I am, I am fearful, you know, I am fearful that uh, if, if we don't step up and we start 
educating people and we don't start training people, you know, Hey, listen, for, I, I couldn't have said it better with, with respect to the Jacob Blake thing was what happened excessive. Absolutely. Could, could, you know, did he have to put himself in a position that he did? Probably not. Definitely not. But the fact of the matter is it, it, it that, that situation, that circumstance happened. How do we, how do we help avoid that situation? How do we create opportunities to, for that situation not to happen? Because, I mean, we're, we're seeing, it seems like we're seeing something happen once a week. Right. Once a week where, I mean, you, you, you alluded to the LA sheriffs getting shot. I mean, come on, man. I mean, they were just sitting there. They were right. just sitting there. But that could be said, that could be said with other things too, you know? Brianna Taylor was was sleeping in her bed, apparently, right? That's my understanding. Did yeah. that that situation have to happen? I don't know all the details. I try to not try to avoid as much as possible, but you know, you start gonna you're gonna go down that rabbit hole and dig into it. But did that is that a situation that could have been avoided? And it, if it could have been avoided, is it training on the police side? Is it is it training on all of our sides? Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that statement though. I think it's um I think my opinion is the the whole defund the police movement is ridiculous. I think the funding needs to be increased because the training is just not um, up to par for what we need today from that particular job. You know, it's, you know, they, they get, uh, they get to go through their training and then they get a gun and a badge and they go on the street and then they're supposed to know everything from that day until they retire. And I think that's a ridiculous thing to believe is going to actually happen. Right. So, um, and that's the case for any job. I don't think anybody goes to work, after a few weeks of training and is proficient and they don't need any additional, you know, discussions, topics, training for the rest of their career. I'm sure that several police officers do have additional training, but, but, you know, to actually understand, we put them in a position where they're expected to do everything from, you know, uh, intervene with like, you know, with mentally challenged folks who are homeless on the streets to, solving race you know relations issues and you know following the making sure people are following the law they're expected to do quite a bit so i think the idea of defunding them is ridiculous i think we need to invest in more training and better training so that we don't have to worry about you know i couldn't subdue the guy so i just shot him or you know i i used a chokehold and killed him because i'm not really sure how i'm supposed to be doing it you know those Mm -hmm. are the kind of things that are solved by teaching you know we don't just have people that are born to do the job that just don't just know automatically how to do it so and the same thing for, for the rest of the population, you know, uh, if, if you're an individual, regardless of what color you are or whatever, and you don't want to, you don't want to get shot by the police. Well, there's a right thing to do and a wrong thing to do when you have any kind of, uh, interactions with them and probably, you know, getting into a fight and then walking away while they're telling you to stop is not the right way to go. Right. Well, let me ask you this though, too, cause that's, that's a great point, but people know this. I mean, whether, like you said, what, no matter what color you are, you shouldn't be getting in a fight with the police and then trying to walk away when they're telling you to stop. So right. that's what, what, what I mean by we lost our way. Listen, there's, there's, there's bad people out there and people make dumb decisions. You know, I get that. I understand that. And, but there seems to be more, more dumb people out there making even worse decisions these days. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think, you know, it's a little bit of this like mob mentality, right? So like everything we've been talking about where people are so hardcore in their, their positions on things. I mean, when you, when you start having teenagers driving across state lines with semi-automatic rifles to Mm. protect other people's property that then shoot and kill people, you know, while they're there, it's like, obviously something has gone wrong. You know, it's like they're, 
I don't recall a, a point in time where, and then I guess the reason why I bring that, that one up in specific is because it, it kind of blew my mind when I read the differences of opinion after the fact. You had people that were very hardcore on the fact that this kid's a patriot and he deserves to be like recognized as a, a hero for what he did. And you have people that are like, well, he's a criminal and he killed people and he should go to jail for murder. And I'm not sure how two intelligent people can see that so differently. You know, it just seems like the spectrum is just so divided there that it's just shocking to me. Well, well, one thing you said, intelligent people, right? <laughs> I am making an assumption there. Right. But here's the kid. He's 17 years old, right? Right. He's 17 years old. That's my daughter's going to be 17 in a month. Your son is 19, right? Yep. You know, there's there's more people out there that aren't doing that than there are doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you know, where's what are the parents doing here? What are the, the guardians doing? Whomever it is that is, is taking care of these kids, these people, what type of messages are they sending them? Because you I mean, your point for me with that specific situation is what part of that do you think to yourself? Yeah, this is a pretty good idea. Yeah, yeah, because he had to get a ride there from his parents. From his mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so. he's making a dumbass mistake, but also you're driving next to your kid. So yeah, I think this is a great idea. Let me drop you off. You're 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 doing something you support. You're doing something for the cause. And listen, I get that aspect of it, and we want we want to teach our kids and educate our kids to stand up for what they believe in, right? Right. But i don't I don't think you and I are driving our kids across state lines and saying, "Hey, listen, yeah, why don't you get yourself involved in that? I understand you support it right exactly i mean there's there's things that you know i I'm all for being passionate about a cause, but there's causes that are right to uh make yourself a part of, and there's some that you should probably stay out of right so anyone that involves carrying a weapon across state lines as a teenager is probably one that most parents would tell their kids to stay away from right. Right. So where, where do you think, what, where do you think the improvements need to be made? How do you think, yeah, cause it's one, it's, it's patience and timing, right? It and is. It, it's, it's delivering the right messages. But I think we, I think we've gone, I don't think we've gone to a point where we can't come back. I, I believe we could turn this around, but from your perspective, Brian, what do you think we could be doing or should be doing? Well, well, one, I, I kind of already touched on the police thing. I think it's, I think it's less deep investment in training and uh, proper policing techniques, you know, and, and quite frankly, I think there's going to be some weeding out process there because mm. there are, you know, they're just like any other line of work. I'm sure there's people in the, that profession that just aren't cut out to do what it is that we really need police to do. So, um, so there's definitely going to be a weeding out process from a, from a society standpoint, I, you know, just me simply as one person, I would say, um, you know, I think, I think it just comes back down to like, we need, we need to stop making everything a political debate, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, police brutality or, um, uh, basic human rights, all those things, those, those aren't political issues. Our politicians may use them as political issues or political mm-hmm. weapons, but that doesn't make them political issues. We're allowing them to become political issues by following the lead of our political figures. And that's just the wrong thing to do. I mean, there's nothing about, you know, the president, a congressman, senator. There's nothing about any of those individuals that makes them important than any other 
citizen of the United States, in all honesty. They're supposed to represent their constituency. I don't think that they really do that much anymore. So, you know, I, I think our political system is broken, quite frankly. I think there's a, a hard reset needed to get back to the point where people actually believe that their representation is there to represent them and their needs, as opposed to they're doing what's right for the people who happen to be funding their campaigns, which unfortunately seems to be a lot more of a driver today than what anybody in their particular locale actually wants. Why do you think, why do you think, Brian, is that what, what I've seen is that no matter where you, where you stand, right, whatever side you may be on, or even if you're in the middle, Mm -hmm. it seems like that, we've we've society culture have lost the ability to think for ourselves yes yeah it's definitely a, a little bit of a mob mentality thing whether you're whether you're you know very liberal or very conservative i think everybody just jumps on board that same stream of thought and has real struggles with you know individuality in that process do you think that's See, because I'm losing, I'm losing my process, my thought process here. Because is that something we've lost from our education system? Is it something we've lost from within within uh, us as parents and the generational gaps? Is it? I mean, it's got to be a combination of a lot of things because it just seems that, like you said, it's a mob mentality, and you're you're. I guess we've already talked about this too because we've. If you if you say A and I say B and we're going to have a disagreement about it and an argument about it, we can't say the same thing. We can't have a, a discussion and disagree without there being a, a fight or an argument or or division on it. And right. I, I don't know where. That's what I've seen a lot lately is that we've we've lost the capability to think for ourselves rather than, you know. I guess I'm losing my thought, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying. I think there's a there's a fine line between a debate and an argument, and I think that's I think we've lost the ability to debate anything, and we just argue at this point. So, mm-hmm. so because you know, to me, the big difference is during a debate. I think that's a discussion where both of you are given the opportunity for the other to sway your opinion. In an argument, I think you just either want them to agree with you or you're never going to yeah. um, be able to come to a conclusion, right? So so I think we've lost that ability to have a debate. I, you know, I hate to say this because it makes me sound like an old guy, but it's like I think, I think the uh, – the rise of social media has only elevated the amount that people feel like they need to go along to be able to fit in. You know, it's like, it's like, they just like, if, if a kid, especially a teenager, even a young adult goes online and sees their friends are all going this way with a particular topic hard for them. I think they struggle with the fact of, well, I don't necessarily hundred percent agree. So I'm going to go my own way and I'm going to go on this, that my own path because they are going to feel ostracized from the people that they associate with. And I think, you know, the fact that there's always all of this information, all of these opinions and, and thoughts just flowing in, I think it's hard for, for especially younger people or kids, teenagers to, to be able to distance themselves from that. Whereas maybe like, you know, when, when you and I were growing up, I was not looking at Facebook, you know, every, uh, every half an hour, like some of the kids are today, like, you know, it just wasn't a thing. Right. So, so you were able to just like, you, you actually like found out what people thought by having a conversation. It's a whole lot easier behind a computer screen to, to like, you know, tell somebody off than it is when you're just talking to them, because then you seem to be a lot more civil. Right. And that, that is not as common as it used to be. That's valid. That's valid. I will, I will kind of 
challenge you on this, though. You said sure. it's, it, it's more with the kids, right? Yep. Because the, the kids want to fit in. The younger yep. gen, we'll say the younger generation sure. wants to fit in. But actually, you know what I see now, man, is that it's, it's adults. Yeah, it's, right. it's actually adults wanting, I don't know if they're wanting to fit in, but they're, again, having others think for them. them and instead of, instead of, it goes both ways. Instead of disagreeing, they're agreeing because they want to get the likes. They want to get the thumbs up or the clicks or the, the comments or whatever the case may be. And then there's the other side of it where they, they are able to battle. They are able to have that argument online behind the computer screen. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of, which is kind of sad. It is. It is. You're right. But you're right. It is. I, I was classifying it as being younger, but you're right. It is. I mean, it's everybody. It's people our age. It's people older than us. You know, everybody seems to be kind of following through on that pattern. But I, but I agree with you. I think that last point about the computer screen, I think that's taken away a lot of the decency that you got to actually talking to them face to face. You know, yeah, there's like, a connection. Yeah. Connection and engagement, um, you know, you make a good point, though, because when you are face to face with somebody, um, listen, technology is great. I think there's a lot of benefits to it. That's my career. I've been in it for 20 some years. Um, Absolutely. But you make a valid point where, you know, you could you, you could say anything behind a computer screen. We're all tough behind a computer screen, right? Right. Yeah. It might have like I think it just might have helped, you know, the, the fact that like even with our phones, today, like how many people um, do you own with you, you don't even really talk to them on the phone right like it, it's just become it's more like this message system back and forth between screens than it is like a voice-to-voice -voice or a face-to-face -face conversation and maybe that's kind of i'm not saying i know i'm not a, i'm not uh, a researcher i haven't done work in this area i'm just saying maybe that's kind of helped to dehumanize some of these interactions to an extent i agree 100 i mean listen we we as a as a human being at least in my opinion right is we want we want to be loved we want to love we want connection we want community and with the rise of all this technology it's it's taking away that ability to connect it's 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 making it more convenient not to have to connect face right. to face you know and ha have that have that connection or engagement with somebody and there could be you know there could be a lot of validity in that with respect to how we quote unquote are losing our way. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, to me, it could definitely be a, a factor in the process, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, I guess it's just kind of all culminated into this, uh, into this uh, stew of where we are today, where it's like, you know, people don't want to debate. They just want to argue. They, um, you know, it's almost like, <laughs> I think I, I honestly, I would challenge somebody to have any sort of, strong opinion on any topic where they wouldn't get, you know, a nice size audience that would tell them that they were hundred percent wrong. I mean, and, and I'm talking about anything. It could be, you know, if I said that the sky was a certain shade of blue, there would be people that would argue me up and down about that. Absolutely. Right? Just, just anything. So, so it's kind of silly to an extent, but, uh, but some things I just, I, I just get hung up on. And the reason that we even, you know, scheduled this conversation in general around this topic is because I just get hung up on, I just see, human rights as being the type of topic that shouldn't be a political divide, but somehow that's what it become at this point. Yeah. yeah well said. Well, let's, uh, I want to be sensitive of your time because you're, you're home and you're three hours ahead of me. Um, 
so we'll start landing this plate. I did, we didn't really touch on it at all, but how, uh, how's things been going for you out there with the whole coronavirus and everything? Yeah, that's a, that's another uh, interesting topic, right? So honestly, it's been uh, interesting. This is the first time in my career that I worked primarily from home uh, ever, right? So right. it kind of it kind of started as we want everybody to you know work from home, and I thought, okay, a few weeks I'll be back in the office, and here we are months later, and I know at least with my company we won't be back before the end of the year. Um, so it's really required me to get used to like being much more efficient. Um, without you know those face-to-face interactions and through the use of technology which has actually probably been a great thing because i think quite honestly not only myself but just organizationally i think we've found ways to use our time better you know some of those time sucks like the the two-hour meetings that should have been 15 minutes and stuff Mm -hmm. have kind of dissipated so from that perspective it's been good but um i will tell you a hard time was uh was when like everything was kind of shut down, like in Michigan, at least there was, you know, everything, but basically grocery stores was closed. Right. So you're going to the gas station, the grocery store, you're in your house. That was, that was kind of difficult because uh, you just lose so much of your normal social interaction that it, that was like, you know, it was very challenging, at least for me individually. Yeah. But, but your every health wise, you, you and, and family, everybody's okay. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, um, you know, knock on wood, I haven't had anybody uh, in, you know, close family or friends that uh, that have contracted it. But, uh, you know, from that perspective, no, no issues at all. How about you? Fortunately, no, uh, we we were good to go. We my oldest daughter, who's a gymnast, once they started practicing in the gym, which was probably late May, mid May, Mm. they started going back uh, in June there was one of her teammates that, that had it, that tested positive. And then in, again, in last month in August. Uh, so she had to get tested twice. Once uh, my wife went and got tested. And then just last month I went and got tested too. So fortunately it was, it was negative. Uh, but that's the only, you know, real uh, scares that we or scares. It's not the right term, but that's the only exposure if you, if you will, that we've had. So everything, my family, everybody's, Back East is good too. So I appreciate that. Um, With all this going on, has there been any indulgences with COVID? Uh, Any indulgences? I don't know. I don't know if there was any specific indulgences. I think uh, I've been pretty good about not being, you know, there's not a whole lot of stuff that I indulge in. I do, I do have a little bit of a weakness on, uh, on vehicles. So that, that challenges me at times, but, uh, but no specific. Go ahead. Go ahead. I saw the Jeep. So kudos. Oh, to yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah. So that was, that was actually, that was right just as COVID was kind of starting. I did get, it's a, a 69 Bronco that um, was rebuilt and everything and repainted and stuff. And I love that thing. That's, that is, that is my baby. So the only thing I've done since COVID was I did go out and buy a uh, 78 Honda motorcycle that didn't even run that uh, I had to like haul home in the back of my truck. Right. And I've got it in my garage and it's been ripped apart for months I took it completely down to the frame and now I'm kind of hoping that it runs when I finish. So we'll see. That's awesome. Uh, so that's actually interesting because my, my next question was tell us something that most people don't know about you. And I guess you could say mechanic. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's uh well, I, I don't know if I'd even put myself, I think that would be doing a disservice to mechanics at this point. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I've been learning as I go. And trust me, uh, YouTube tutorials have been my friend throughout this process. Very cool. Well, we, we just got a puppy. That's what we did. That was our... Oh, nice. So we got... Uh, oh, man, he's... We got him in April. So he was two months old. We got him when he was two months old. And um, I, was, I was duped into it. I was, I was tricked into getting it. <laughs> Um, oh, but I bet I bet now he's probably your best friend, though, right? Yeah, he's he's he he's a pain in the butt, just like all puppies are. But oh, sure. uh, for the most part, he's he's great. He's great. So, hey, listen, man, I got one question, uh, sure. one more question to ask you. And I just before I do, I just want to say thank you, man. I am grateful for uh, having you come on, sharing your perspective. I appreciate you. Um, it's just been great to connect, and I, I apologize for not being a better friend and connecting with you more. And it took this to get us back together, but I do sincerely appreciate you coming on board. Hey, well, thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that, that, uh, you know, time gap is definitely a shared thing. So, but it's been great catching up with you and just getting to talk. Honestly, there's not, uh, there's not enough people that are just having conversations like this. So I really appreciate the offer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime, man. And seriously, seriously, let's, let's keep the lines of communication open. And if you ever get your butt out to Arizona, definitely let's get together. Definitely. We'll do. Um, last question. Uh, what makes you come alive? Ooh, that's a, that is a big one. Um, man, that's so, uh, that's so hard to like answer directly. I guess, I guess I would say like the stuff that, you know, I probably get most excited about now is, is just, um, is just the people in my life, to be honest with you. So like, you know, going back, uh, to Pennsylvania this week and seeing, I'm going to, you know, see my, spend some time with my son, my family, a couple of friends, um, uh, actually people, you know, Mike and, uh, Dave Harris and, uh, Capper. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm going to nice. catch up with those guys while I'm out there. And, uh, um, you know, I met, uh, a really great woman uh, a few months ago and, um, enjoying very much spending time with her. So I would say, you know, the thing that I probably get the most enjoyment out of right now is just, you know, spending time with the people in my life. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, thanks again, Bri. Give, uh, give Mike and Dave my best when you, when you see them. Absolutely. Will do. And uh, let's, let's talk soon. I appreciate you coming on, man. Sounds good. All right, buddy. Take care. All right. Talk soon, Mike. Bye-bye.